Hello, and um, welcome back to Moke's Audio Logs. Uh, this is maybe episode six, seven, I don't know, something of uh, season three. And uh, today we have... Amanda. Amanda. Um, who are you? Who am I? Yeah. Um, uh, I'm a student at UVA. I'm studying history, mm-hmm. concentration and war violence in society. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that's a concentration. <laughs> it is indeed a concentration. Um, I'm minoring in Russian. Uh, yeah, I don't know what else like basic info about. Well, me. I mean, like, do you have any like associations on grounds? Do you um, like, is there anything that like is like huge part of your personality that you'd like people to know just like to know what type of person you are yeah sure um i what was i saying um oh i play in an orchestra i play the violin i've been playing the violin for 15 years sweet okay my concert is sunday i'm super excited and i'm on exec for it which is kind of stressful because there's a lot going on right (laughs) now but it's exciting what 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 cio is that uh, the Cavalier Symphony Orchestra. Oh, sweet. Congrats on the exec. That's huge. Uh, yeah, it's fun. Um, it's a lot of work, but I think it's worth it. And our orchestra's pretty, we're pretty good this semester. So hopefully sweet. we don't crash and burn this <laughs> Sunday. That'd be really embarrassing. Um, I am happily, unhappily, you decide, a mm-hmm. member of Jeff Sog. Um, I was a probationary member last semester. So this is my newly crossed semester that I guess is almost finished so next semester full reg mem very exciting mm-hmm. um i edit for the calf daily oh, cool. um which by i edit i mean my shift never gets any articles so i sit and i spend hours in the office chatting and mm-hmm. socializing and ranking nfl quarterbacks oh nice so it's super fun um and then i also work in uva arts for okay. the arts box office which i just got off of work today Cool. Wow. So you have a whole um, whole repertoire of, of interesting things. Yeah. I, I am. Uh, I do want to pick at this concentration of yours, though. What can you can you repeat what that was? Uh, it's a concentration in war violence in society. That's uh, OK. That's that's a, so number one. How do you get into a, like what what made you want to do a concentration like that? And what type of classes are taught <laughs> in that? So it's actually funny. It, there's way more classes than you would think. Um, so when you declare a major like history, you can, there's like, I think there's five or six concentrations that you can choose from. And so it's just one of the five or six. I don't remember the specifics. I'll be honest. I didn't really consider any of the other ones. Um, I guess what made me get into it before I came to UVA, I took a summer class here um, on genocides. Oh, yeah. Super sweet, sweet. fun topic. <laughs> Um, which was interesting. Actually, my professor for that class, I took his other class and now he's my advisor. So it's kind of a crazy situation. But um, I guess, wow, this is a bad segue. But I grew up in Myanmar. Okay. Lived there during the Rohingya genocide. Okay. Took a class on genocide so that I guess I could better understand what I had sort of lived through? adjacent to okay. i didn't not like you live didn't through, live through it but like like adjacent like a hundred miles away so okay. um so i took that and then i don't know i like my parents are both history buffs so mm-hmm. i like i grew up like spending a lot of time talking about like wars history, yeah. like the i was the stereotypical like oh let me tell you this battle story from <laughs> world war ii family so i came to uva um i've taken I think I've taken five history classes and mm-hmm. all of them just happened to fit 
the concentration okay, and you sweet. only need five for the concentration oh. so it was sort of like a, if i've already taken four of these why not just Finish declare the concentration yeah. so i've taken history of modern china okay which you can imagine similarly history of modern russia okay which again you can imagine i took greek and roman warfare which was so unbelievably difficult i wanted to cry most of the time in that class that was the one did you see last year when they had like students with pvc pipes run down the lawn no i, I oh. actually didn't i actually so didn't. <laughs> i actually had to form a greek and macedonian phalanx oh, on yeah, the yeah. lawn with a shield and a sword oh, that's, that's and march the lawn and there were three tour groups on the lawn while I was doing it. Are you serious? Yes and they wouldn't move and my professor was screaming to move and I like fell twice it was so bad and then UVA's Instagram post like they posted a picture of it and I was like front and center and I was so mad because all my friends commented on it. Anyways um, and then next semester I'm taking fascism mm-hmm. and making the model modern Middle East so actually okay. they'll all count for it so yeah I don't know. I guess I think that there's something interesting about learning about war, I and I wish I could explain that. I think that would explain a lot about, I don't know, who I am, <laughs> but I can't, so there we are. Do you like, like, kind of war and action, other things? Like, I don't know if you're a big, like, if you play a lot of games or anything like that, but do you like, like, uh, kind of war-based games or war-based board games or war TV shows? Um, I don't really play video games, but I guess mm-hmm. if... Well, you play Among Us, right? I do play Among Us. <laughs> I'm a big Among Us fan. That's one mm-hmm. of my... I have two games on my phone, Among Us and Geometry Dash. So, not a not a great track record as far as that goes, but that's fine. Um, my family's big into, like, Stratego. Okay. Have you played Stratego? I haven't, but I've heard of it. Okay. It's kind of like... I don't know how to describe it, but it's sort of like a war-type game. Okay. Um, I don't know. I watched like I grew up watching Band of Brothers. Maybe oh, that's yeah, yeah, where yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe that's where this originates. This weird like study of war interest is from that. But I don't know. I just like my family is like a, a war mm-hmm. family for both of my parents. I think actually let me explain that because that's a bad thing to yeah. say. My family's <laughs> a war. Both of my parents are veterans. Okay. So okay. I think that that okay, transferred that, yeah, yeah, into because yeah. I had my picture in my mind. Okay, these guys just really really like war history. That's that's cool. That's cool. But. Just love to talk about <laughs> war. Like no, but my parents are both army veterans. They enlisted oh, wow. in college, um, and so I think that growing up like that was very much like when I was a small child, like Mm -hmm. they were out of the army, but that was very much their life Mm. for like a few years before. So it was sort of like a easy thing to talk about. And gotcha. I don't know. Yeah. My sister is a nurse. So like, I guess she didn't get the same interest as me, but yeah, that's where I am. So is there, so kind of my question is, um, is there something about history that like kind of gets you passionate is there is there a part of your major or your or your concentration that like kind of gets like a a fire going within your within your body that like oh i love this concept so much um or is it or is it or is it like do you love studying history basically i i do love studying history i came into uva planning to be a history major Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot about my studies has like adapted as far as minors and like what I want to do. But yeah. I feel like the history major has always been some sort of a constant in my life, which I'm grateful for. I really enjoy the study of history. I think it's nice to see things fit together in a way that are under that's understandable because you're looking at it from like a modern perspective. So mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to think of like an example. I guess like my. Um, senior research paper in high school I wrote about 
it was based on Heart of Darkness, mm-hmm. um, Joseph Conrad, and I wrote about like imperialism in the Congo. And I think that being able to connect things like literature and take it from a historical standpoint and look at facts and see where like different, like different, I guess different aspects Fac- facets of, of society. Yeah, facets of society. I guess relate to facts of situations and. I don't know. Um, I guess growing up, it's like when you grow up overseas, you Mm -hmm. spend so much of what you do in school learning about the local country that you're from. So I think learning the history of each place and then when you're older, being able to look at how those countries interact broadly in history, it's interesting to me. So where where have you lived over over time? Okay, I'll hit you with the (laughs) the rundown. I moved to London when I was two. Mm -hmm. No, no, I didn't. (laughs) What am I saying? I moved to London when I was two months old. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> I moved to London when I was two months old, and I came back to the U.S. when I was two. I was in the U.S. for a couple years, and then I went to Almaty, Kazakhstan okay. for two years. And okay. then I came back to the U.S., and my mom was in Afghanistan for a year and a half. Okay. Um, and so my dad, my sister, and I were in the U.S., and then all four of us moved to Myanmar. Okay, wow. And then we went Myanmar back up to Kazakhstan. And okay. then 2020... My sister is older than me, so she was in college. When COVID hit, my mom and I were evacuated back to the United States Okay. because of COVID, because of the border with China. Okay, yeah. But my dad stayed behind, and then my <laughs> my mom and I were in the U.S., and then my dad came back, and then I've been in the U.S. since. Gotcha. Wow. Um, a, a roommate has just walked in. Hey, guys. Uh, if y'all have been watching the podcast for a long time, y'all know who I am. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm Wyatt. Go back to what episode three. Anyways, uh, Mox Audio Logs is my favorite podcast. Stay tuned. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, okay. Bye, Wyatt. <laughs> um, basically, what I want to uh, h- for how many of these places were you conscious for? Like, how many of them do you actually have like memories that like mean something to you? Um, definitely not England. Okay. It's actually so funny because when COVID struck. Like it was like right around spring break, mm-hmm. and I was supposed to go to England for spring break from Kazakhstan. Oh, really? Because my mom and I were gonna like look at the places that I lived, yeah. and then we were evacuated. So like all of that went to <laughs> went to hell, I guess. <laughs> um, I was mostly like conscious, I guess, for the United States when I was really little. Like I remember where I lived and like certain aspects of it. Gotcha. And then from Kazakhstan on, I would say. I remember a lot of it, but I also think that's because I had a really good experience in Kazakhstan. Okay. And then the way that international schools work is it's like three years old, like pre-K through 12th grade. Okay, wow. So the school I went to for second and third grade was the same one I did freshman and sophomore year of high school at. So I think okay. going back to the same school, it's like, and like I went to the same ski resorts and I did all the same extracurriculars and like gotcha. all of that. I think that like it brought back memories in my head that I maybe wouldn't have remembered if I hadn't gone back. Gotcha. Okay. That's fair. So being a kind of person who's like experienced so many different cultures, like extremely, like you've been engrossed in other cultures, like, um, you've lived there. (laughs) How, How do you feel interacting with people who haven't had experiences like that? Do you notice differences between what you and how you operate versus how, let's say someone who's lived in America their whole life has operated? Um, I think that there are differences, but it's more of like, I don't know, I, I've, I guess I was, I was a little bit pretentious about this when I was younger and I've tried <laughs> to become more like aware of my surroundings. Um, but like, I think it goes both ways where like I say Myanmar 
the immediate question is where's that i say yeah. kazakhstan second immediate question where's that and like really okay yeah nobody knows where kazakhstan <laughs> is and then you say under russia and they all go oh and it's like okay but um i just think that there's very much this like mentality of in the united states of people not really understanding the world around them mm-hmm. and when you live overseas you sort of have to understand the world around you sure um and i think that it's i I don't know. I have like a lot of mixed feelings on my upbringing. Of course, it was one of one of my Jeff Sock interview topics, actually. <laughs> but I have a lot of mixed feelings on it. But I think that like Myanmar was a Buddhist country, Kazakhstan's Muslim, and so I think that having those experiences of like at least on the religious side, getting to understand other religions and other cultures. When I came back to the United States, and I I came back, and because of COVID, I needed to go in person. The only school in person in my area was Catholic, mm-hmm. so I went from. <laughs> a lot of and I say this with love to my high school I went from a lot of very cultured people to a lot of very uncultured people mm-hmm. with sort of um bad mentalities about the broader world around them sure. so I think that that was a shift but I also think that there are certain things like my my roommates always joke like my number one excuse is like I didn't grow up here like yeah. when anybody says something to me or like they reference a place and I'm like, what is that? And they're like, how do you not know that? I say, well, I didn't grow up here. And it's right. like, as much as like, I can say that because I didn't grow up here. I also have come to recognize that when I mention things about like my childhood that aren't like common knowledge to most Americans, mm-hmm. I sort of have to realize in my head that they didn't grow up there, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which has been difficult for me to come to terms with. But I think being at UVA and being in a place where like I take Russian history mm-hmm. um, and a lot of Russian history, Soviet history, Kazakhstan's former Soviet Union. So it's like a lot of people who now have a lot of information about places I lived. I don't know. I think that's one of the things I like about UVA. Okay. And um, kind of a question with that is, um, if, if, if this is too personal, let me know. But do you feel, um, did you did you feel like an alien whenever you were um, in the different countries? And did you feel an alien here? And the follow-up question to that is, where is home? Okay. Those are good questions, actually. Um, I think that, I don't know, it's it's difficult to say broadly because I think that different periods in my life, I felt more adjusted, that even if it was similar places. I think that growing up overseas is a lot easier when you start as a small kid. And I did. Gotcha. I start, I moved for the first time I was six or seven. So mm-hmm. like growing up and that being my life made it easier, but it was still difficult. Um, the idea of like you move so much that it's like no constant friends i used to like i think that people who grew up in the same place don't really have this understanding of like i grew up overseas and i they're always like oh well like i don't have childhood friends and it's like Mm -hmm. oh you didn't keep in contact it's like you have 10 friends when you leave a place after six months you have maybe one that you've kept in contact with so i think that there is a certain sense of alienation that comes with being in a new place especially when you're overseas and everybody speaks a language that you don't speak yeah. and it's like you're trying to get a taxi and you can't explain where you're go- going and you pull up Google Translate <laughs> and nobody understands what's going on. That was a bigger problem in Myanmar because Russian's easier to learn than Burmese. But um, I don't know. I think that there is a certain sense of alienation. and But I also, I feel like I should give credit to embassy communities. I think that it's hard to feel alienated when you're surrounded by people who are going through the same thing as you gotcha okay um and did you always live near like embassies and stuff or um so my mom is usaid not state department so we lived near consulates but in myanmar it was in the same place kazakhstan it was 
different but it's like a weird technicality that's not really important but um so you always grew up around and like most countries have like an american club where right. it's just like just for american citizens which like sort of seems exclusionary yeah. <laughs> but um and it's like it is good and like th thanksgiving's a big holiday overseas mm -hmm. and like my family always hosted thanksgiving so there's like that sense of even if like you don't really feel like you understand the people like around you because you haven't been there long enough there mm -hmm. are people who like understand where you're coming from. Um, I would say that the most isolated I felt moving to a place was when I came back to the United States. Yeah. Oddly enough, because I think that when I when I jumped to Myanmar and then to Kazakhstan, the people there that I interact with, they understood I mean, how you were feeling. They, they, they were also doing the same thing. Yeah, because even if they're not embassy kids, if you're at an international school, chances yeah. are your family's international. They cap at like 20% of each ethnicity. So it's not a lot of oh, wow. 20, 25%. So it's not like majority like local students. So you're like surrounded by people who really do understand what you're going through. When I came back to the United States, that was definitely for my sophomore year, that was definitely an isolating experience. But I think it was the compounding of my family was split up because my dad, my pets well two of them we found the third one later it was a big thing um, <laughs> you found the third this one this is a crazy story <laughs> this is a crazy story but later um and then like my mom and i and we weren't in our home mm -hmm. because we had to be in an airbnb because we had renters in our townhouse okay it was like a whole thing and i didn't know a single person in the united states which is so weird because you're like that's the country that's your home but right, you but go back and you don't know a single person right which is such a weird concept, but that was definitely the most isolated I felt. I always like, and this is going to sound so sad and I promise like I'm not a sad person, <laughs> but I always make jokes. I live with one of my roommates I went to high school with and I always make jokes about how like, like first semester of junior year, like half of the time I ate alone at lunch. Cause like I didn't know anyone. And right. I was like old enough to know that like abroad, everybody's been through what I have, but in the United States, it's very clicky. Everybody right. grew up with each other. So it's like, right. I don't really have the ability to just jump in and be like, hey, let's be friends. Like, <laughs> yeah, nobody's doing that. But I settled in and there's a certain element of you have to be adaptable. And mm -hmm. I made friends. I have friends at UVA. So like my life worked out, but circumstances. And then where is home? This is interesting. Um, I always say that, I don't know, home is such a weird thing because it's like I'm from Arlington, but I wasn't born or raised there. Right. And I also don't live there now. Right. It's 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 more or uh home to me is more where you feel most comfortable. I I would say that like right now home in uh Pittsburgh right now probably isn't my real home. Probably right probably my room over there is my real home right now. That's probably where I feel most comfortable in like the world right now. So I guess probably your your uh, dorm or it's not your dorm. Your apartment right now is probably home for you, but like minus your apartment, where would that be? Yeah, I mean, I would agree. My apartment, I definitely lucked out. Have great roommates. Yeah. I, we all get along very well, so I'm very happy with that. Um, I don't know. It's weird because like Arlington, for so much of my life, I was like, oh, I'm from Arlington, Virginia, but like I'm not from Arlington anymore. Like my family no longer lives in Arlington. Okay. My mom lives in Lebanon. My dad lives in Alexandria half okay. the year when he's not in Lebanon. And like, and I live in Charlottesville and it's like, there's no finite connection to Arlington. So, and hmm. I didn't grow up there, so I don't feel that. I would say that the place I normally tell people is Almaty in Kazakhstan, okay. just because I think the experience of going back to the exact same place twice was unique. I've never, lived in the same place twice okay if that makes sense like i've come back to the u.s but where i came back to the u.s it wasn't different like this, places it yeah. was like it different, wasn't the same 
it was different like I was here for fourth grade and then I was here for 11th and like the jump it wasn't the same school like it was in Kazakhstan it wasn't the same friends and it was the same friends in Kazakhstan um and I just think that continuity that's normally the place I tell people but also I say that recognizing that as an American, like I'm saying I'm from Kazakhstan, I'm not even that fluent in Russian, like who am I to say that? (laughs) So it's like an interesting thing, but that's normally what I tell people. Gotcha. That is, that is kind of wild. I mean, I could not imagine actually living in, so uh, living, saying the statement, I've not lived in the same place twice. Like I don't think it's ever like gone through my head. That's wild. Yeah. That's actually really, really impressive. I mean, so whenever you're kind of, are you from like I'm, I'm sure you're familiar if you're a history person there's many like groups of people who are kind of roving uh like roving societies right mm-hmm. um do you feel more um actually this is a history question i guess i don't know where they feel like home is to them um and i don't know if they had a home and kind of my question is are you fine without a like kind of a grounding a place to go back to um I think that at certain points in my life, I'm more fine with it than I am at others. Mm -hmm. So like now I'm at UVA, I have great friends. I have like, um, it's interesting actually that I say UVA. When I came to UVA, my advisor was Professor Zalico in the history department. And he is a career foreign service officer. And I I met with him once. He scared me so badly. (laughs) I never went back. But the one thing he asked me was, he said, growing up in the foreign service, which type of family were you? And like, that's an immediate like, foreign service either breaks a family apart and that's Mm -hmm. 80% of the time it destroys relationships or it brings them together. And I think that I was very lucky that my family's very close knit, but like now I live in a situation where my mom's in Lebanon, my dad's there half the time, my sister is in Nova. Like it's like a weird situation. Um, so I don't know. I think that when I grew up, my, my mom always said like third culture kid Mm -hmm. was like, um, the, term that like a lot of diplomat kids use and I think that that's very much something I agree with but it is difficult and I like I sympathize and I empathize with anybody who like moves around so much that they like I I often calculate it like when I'm driving like what am I on like 16th home like (laughs) crazy I went to five (laughs) elementary schools like are you kidding me like and it's like to me it doesn't even feel that crazy i'm like oh well i only went to two high schools but it's like mm-hmm. i went to two high schools yeah and they were across the world from each other like that's <laughs> a crazy thing that i sometimes have to take into perspective but yeah no i think it's interesting but i wouldn't say that necessarily like i like i had a great childhood i have a great family so i sort of lucked out but and my jeff Sock interview unfortunately everything goes back to jeff Sock. <laughs> um i i talked about how i don't think that people with children should join the foreign service really okay this, um, this is my next question is um not not like i feel like i've had some moments in my life that i had that i would think are negative but because of those results i think that i've changed something about my personality and overall have been better from it would you say that your experiences uh, this is kind of like you don't need uh, the, the point that i'm kind of getting at is that because you don't you've operated kind of so well i would assume um uh like without kind of a a home you're kind of ready for any any new situation at all times has as that like is is that kind of part of you or is it is it not really um i would definitely say that that's something that 
like both outwardly and internally i value a lot about myself Mm -hmm. um when you move so frequently like i always tell people like it's difficult to understand because it's not like you're just moving but the nature of foreign service moves is really complicated like your parents will bid on positions they list six and the government and like the people the powers that be i guess i don't know who specifically they decide where you go and you don't really get a say in it like your parent will interview and like can say oh i really like this one but Mm -hmm. like you don't get a say in anything and so i think that that was something that was really difficult for me especially as a child to come to terms with Mm -hmm. um i moved on 48 hours notice when i was evacuated i've moved on less than two weeks notice from myanmar to kazakhstan Uh um i've moved on six months notice like it's sort of like i don't know it's difficult and what i would say about it is i'm grateful for my life Mm -hmm. and i'm grateful for my experiences and i'm grateful for my family Mm -hmm. but i don't wish my childhood on most people gotcha okay. so i guess that's where i okay, come yeah, to yeah. Work okay. with it that, that, that's what i kind of expected is that it was a i don't i don't know it's it's your own word to define but i, I like a word that may be like a little traumatic um, definitely like, a little okay. traumatic yes, yes absolutely but it made a great common app essay so <laughs> i i can say that that's fair that's fair yeah did you mean to go to uva or was it kind of just like oh i, was, I think you're in state if you're yeah in state good school I'll go there. It's actually, it, it's interesting to look at. Um, the one aspect of growing up overseas that benefits everybody is you get into better colleges. Yeah. Because that experience is so great. And when you apply from an, inter- an international school, you get into better schools. So coming back to the U.S. right before, I kind of shot myself in the foot there. Really? Okay. A little bit. But no, I'm joking. <laughs> um, I think my application was what it was anyways. But um, I UVA was one of my top choices. I always like... I applied to, what, like seven schools. Duke was my dream. Of course, mm-hmm. Duke was my dream. I got waitlisted. It was heartbreaking. <laughs> I got waitlisted while I was on a mandatory Catholic school retreat with oh, no phone. Lovely. And my parents had my account information, and so did my high school orchestra teacher, oddly enough. Okay. Kind of a weird tidbit there. Um, my parents checked it. They sent the head of our program an email with my decisions. It was Duke, Harvard, Yale. Uh-huh. I got deferred from Harvard early, which was heartbreaking, but um, I didn't want to go anyways. I just wanted to get in, you know? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to reject them. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> they ended up rejecting me. Surprise. Uh-huh. Um, but I think that not getting into Duke was like heartbreaking. They took so few people off the wait list. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't really mm-hmm. have a chance. But once I got into UVA, I think that I knew UVA was the right place for me. Okay. Um, it's in-state. Um, it's close to my family. I mean... Well, was was close to my family. (laughs) I open find my iPhone every day to check my roommate's locations, and my parents are five thousand two hundred twenty five miles away. Ah, yay! No, but it's close to my family and my hometown and my grandparents, and so that was something that was really important to me because it's I don't know. It's interesting to think about. I think UVA was my sleeper pick number one. Okay, yeah. I think even if I had gotten into Duke, I think I would have still come here. Okay. Um, oddly enough, Purdue was my second choice. That's my really? familial not, school. Is that a, is that, is it good at history? Terrible it's history engineering. program. It's an engineering school, but most of my parents went there and okay. 75% of my family has gone there. So I was okay. like, I'll apply. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it's interesting. I think UVA was the right place. UVA has got a great history program. It's mm-hmm. close to my family. I wanted sports. I got sports. Whether we lose 55-17 <laughs> in the freezing cold or not, I was at that game. It was miserable. Um, 
like I think UVA was the right pick and I think mm -hmm. deep down I know UVA was my top choice but um going in it definitely wasn't and I do blame the Nova mentality of I don't know if you've heard about this but in Nova there's like the stigma of oh you just go to UVA like yeah I, can, like, I can imagine that it's a very yeah. competitive environment especially coming from a private high school that is more or less a UVA feeder school like okay. every year 20 to 25 kids from my high school get in here and most come mm -hmm. and so it's difficult to like be proud and say I go to UVA yeah. when I grew up and everybody like I went to a high school where everybody's like oh you just go to UVA even though most yeah. of them didn't even get in like yeah it still stings but it, um uh, yeah for sure I can definitely I can understand that yeah yeah but I'm I'm grateful I'm here and I think it was the right pick and I think that everything worked out as it was supposed to be which mm -hmm. I guess I can say with most things in my life that I've been pretty lucky and things have worked out the way they're supposed to be. So, so do um, you, do you tell people that things will always work out? I am a big believer in if you try your hardest and you genuinely put the most amount of effort into something, it mm -hmm. will work out in the end. Okay. Um, and this is something that I have to remind myself of when I'm like, Oh, well this essay's due tomorrow. I've worked so hard and I haven't. Mm -hmm. And like internally, I like, I know what's my best work. Um, and I know that if I put in the work and I, try and i actually take things seriously that they so far knock on wood they've always worked out so i i, I do live by that mentality i guess okay that's fair I, w I would kind of i don't know not necessarily expect that but um i mean i think with with a life like yours I think I think you kind of have to take that in without it I think it'd be hard to kind of operate yeah. and kind of a question is um, whenever you were in these foreign places did you like did you take part of that with you did you um, like I'm sure there were jokes and things like that that you kind of have taken with you do you see yourself as the like the accumulation of all these experiences or more that um, you are yourself with these smaller things I, like basically I'm sorry sorry to, just just to reframe uh, just to clarify is it more like is it more that these experiences are you or you are um, like you are you're Amanda and you are um, like your experiences kind of like helped you be Amanda I would go as far as to say I think I am my experiences. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of who I am and what I'm good at, what I'm not good at has come from my childhood. Like there are certain like funny aspects. Like I find random money like like from random countries all over my home. I found a bunch of Ghanaian money. I've never been to Ghana. <laughs> no one in my family's been there. I don't know where it comes from and I find so much money in my room, but um I think that there are like humorous things like I do take things with me but I also think that like s since like those are the places that shaped me like and I always like say that like I'm very good at talking to adults and I'm mm -hmm. adaptable and like these characteristics that I would say are like like the like biggest ones in my life they've come from my experiences and I think that without my experiences I'm not who I am today okay um like the ability to be told like 
like you, I, I wasn't necessarily happy every time, but like being able to take bad news and say like, this isn't what I wanted to hear, but there's objectively nothing I can do about it. So I might as well just find a way to deal with it. Right. Is a mentality that's definitely come yeah, from, that's a huge skill. from my childhood. I went to a lot of dinner parties as a kid, so <laughs> I can talk to adults, mm-hmm. which I that's think sweet. works out well for me in most cases. But mm-hmm. I don't know, I guess I would say that I don't think I would be and maybe this is like a, everybody would say this, but I'm not who I I wouldn't be who I am right now if I hadn't lived the way I had um, and been the places I've been. And I mean, I'm a Russian minor because I lived in Kazakhstan. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's like a <laughs> clear one. But even like the interests of mine academically, like the fonts of history, mm-hmm. like the special the concentration as crazy as it may be, like that comes from my childhood. And Mm -hmm. so I guess that I am my experiences. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if, so if someone kind of final wrap up question, but if someone was was to ask you, what was the thing that you gained most? Would it be that you are now this adaptable kind of ready for anything human being? I think that's one of them. I would say more than anything, I gained a lot of perspective. Okay. I think that, um, I like to credit myself with the ability to like look at situations and understand and respect different people's viewpoints on them. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, I try my best to do that. And I think that that comes from like, I mean, this is a terrible thing for me to end on, but (laughs) when the Rohingya genocide was happening, Mm -hmm. it's a state perpetrated. And I I went to a school where a lot of professors, like teachers and people associated with my school would spend class periods justifying it. And I think that while I disagree with that wholeheartedly and like their opinion, (laughs) um, hearing so many different opinions about the same things and about different things has given me the ability to look at situations from a variety of lenses, Mm -hmm. um, which I think I am very grateful I have today. Well, thank you so much. I think it's I think it's a very valuable skill to be able to look at different perspectives, especially when when even taking a, a look at things like uh, uh, what was your concentration again? War violence in society. War violence in society. And so, thank you so thank you so much for being on. Um, and thank you for listening. Have a great day.